Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S, your liberty-loving Latino amigo right here, 17 blocks away from Madison Square Garden. We're talking about censorship, chest feeding, and crossings. Now, free speech is under attack again, and this time by the New York Times. And it's no surprise, but it is irksome that the New York Times is at it again. Now... Writers from the New York Times, Michael Graybaum, Tiffany Hsu, Katie Robertson, Keith Collins, and a separate piece by Ozzy Payabara, have all attacked this industry, talk radio, conservative talk radio to be exact, which is what WABC has been for the last 30 years since it switched over from music. This is where, guess what, that guy that they all hate, Rush Limbaugh, he started here at WABC. The king of talk radio, Bob Grant started right here at Talk Radio 77 WABC. They developed the brand. Limbaugh has created an entire industry, one I'm fortunate to be a part of. All started right here in the hallowed grounds of Talk Radio 77 WABC. So we look at that and, again, irksome. It You know, they have their right to free speech. I'm not going to silence the New York Times. No, I'm just going to call them out. They do what they do. I do what I do. So that, you know, they go on to say that talk radio is perhaps the most influential and under-chronicled part of right-wing media, where voices like Glenn Beck, Sean Hannity, Rush Limbaugh, and other stars went through the homes and workplaces and commutes of tens of millions of listeners before the riot of January 6th. The shows were often unrestrained forums for claims of rigged voting machines and a liberal conspiracy to steal the election for Joseph R. Biden. Now, it goes on. Mark Levin, who reaches an estimated a million. Well, you know what? Levin read this last night. I want to let him do it. We have an audio clip of that. But again, this is in reference to the article in the New York Times, how right-wing radio stoked anger before the Capitol siege. And they allege that shows hosted by Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and other talk radio stars promoted debunked claims of a stolen election and urged listeners to fight back. Now, my premise here is not specifically to talk about what they're alleging or what I'm, they're, they're alleging that it was talk radio saying that we must fight back for our American values, customs, traditions, our constitution, that that somehow is now part of the responsibility for the riots on Capitol Hill. I've got to tell you, that couldn't be further from the truth. But Mark Levin read this last night. He brought up a couple of points. So rather than me read it to you, let's let the great one read it to you because it mentions him. Shows hosted by Rush Limbaugh, Sean Hannity, and other talk radio stars promoted debunked claims of a stolen election and urged listeners to fight back. See how this works? 
See how this works? Two days before a mob of Trump supporters invaded the United States Capitol, upending the nation's peaceful transition of power and leaving at least five people dead. Folks, some people attended that event and had heart attacks and died and other maladies and died. Five people weren't killed. The one person that was killed was one of the people who broke into the Capitol building. So here we go. Peaceful and leaving at least five people dead. The right-wing radio star Glenn Beck delivered a message to his flock of 10.5 million listeners. It's time to fight. This is sick. It's time to rip and claw and rake, Mr. Beck said on his January 4 broadcast. It's time to go to war as the left went to war four years ago. Notice he said as the left went to war four years ago. Nothing in here at all about violence. A former Fox News host, Mr. Beck, had speculated for weeks about baseless claims of voter fraud in the presidential race. I don't know. Did he mention Russia collusion? I don't think so. He told listeners that Donald Trump had taught conservatives that you don't have to cower anymore. You don't have to back down when ridiculed into oblivion. You can fight back. Now, what is wrong with what he said, Rich? Nothing's wrong, sir. Nothing is wrong with what he said. Here's the problem. The left wants to silence us because they disagree with us. Notice how nobody that's right of center, nobody that claims to be a conservative or a libertarian is saying, well, you know what? I think it's time we silence the New York Times. Nobody's ever said that. Nobody's ever said, hey, it's time to silence the Washington Post. We need to shut down NPR. Now, I do call for the shutdown of NPR, but not because of my difference in their speech. It's because that's tax dollars that are advocating political positions time and again. If that's good for the goose, let it be good for the gander. Let tax dollars advocate here in commercial radio, too. But that's not how it works. This is a free enterprise. Commercial talk radio and conservative talk radio has been ruining the roost, right? We have ruled the roost for quite a while. So my question is, if people are willing to pay and advertise, and some people get scared that advertisers are going to pull out, but I, I cite, you know, if this were court, I, and I'm not a lawyer, nor do I pretend to be one on TV or radio, but I would say, what's the n- number one example we have that Rush Limbaugh started as a nationally uh, as a nationally syndicated host right here in New York City, but he started as a local host here at this radio station, and it went so well that it spread and it created a whole thing. People thought it was insane that between the hours of noon and three o'clock on the AM dial, we would start talking about politics for an hour, two hours, or three hours, and when he proved them wrong. Then somebody else that started right here at Talk Radio 77 WABC, Sean ha- Sean Hannity is on. I don't sound like Scott Shannon, but that is always a cool intro to hear. And he comes in on September 10th. He does his uh, first show, and or he moves into to WABC from a different slot. And guess what? September 11th hits. They provide the coverage on the air. Skyrockets. 600 affiliates today. That means Sean Hannity's program is heard on 600 radio stations. Now, he's not with WABC anymore, but definitely a part of uh, the station's legacy and history. Now, why is it that when he got into the thing with Keurig and Black and Decker, why does why is he not around if cancel culture is so severe and so this and so that? And it is. I'll tell you why. Because the commentary that Limbaugh gives, the commentary that Hannity gives, the commentary that Levin gives is something that people want to hear. And this is why they dwarf the viewership of Fox News, which is the most highly rated viewership in primetime cable news. You're talking about three to four times the amount of listeners than they have viewers. That's massive. 
So for the New York Times to come out guns blazing, saying that we did this and we did that, they've tried to blame everything on talk radio. Hillary Clinton was famous for saying it's all part of a vast right-wing conspiracy. Remember that? I do. I was a very young guy in, in high school when she said that. If you don't, well, that's your problem. Look it up. But here's my thing. Talk radio's been around for decades. An entire generation. And now, all of a sudden, now it's it's always been the big bad wolf. It's always been the boogeyman of the left. They hate talk radio. They tried to silence us during the Obama years with um, the fairness doctrine to try and force these things upon us, uh, upon the listener, really. Because, see, the point, I, again, with this is there's always been a free market of ideas, of speech, of talk radio. Joy Behar had a program. Did it succeed? Mika Brzezinski had a radio program. Did it succeed? Al Sharpton. Maybe he's still on the radio, but definitely doesn't rate well. We have to stand up for free speech because at the end of the day, what else is left if you can't express yourself freely? And how free is a free market if you're going to put your thumb on the scale for one side versus another? If you're going to do what the communists did from way back in the day to get inside of each organization with moles putting people to eventually try and tear down an organization from within. That's how the communists roll. That's not how a free speech capitalist rolls. Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. Bienvenido America. Welcome back. Rich Valdez here. Make sure you're downloading the podcast, sharing it with a friend, putting it out on social media. Help us get the word out. And the culture war continues, not the fairness doctrine that I was talking about before, but the culture war continues with chest feeding, quote unquote, birthing people. A UK hospital is now adopting transsexual friendly language in maternity wards. Now, this is a piece I'm reading from the Washington Times by Jessica Chasmar. She's a terrific writer. Full disclosure, for a little while, I was a columnist with the Washington Times back in 2013, wrote a monthly column there. And I thought it was a great publication back then. It's even better now because they just continue their truth and their tradition of, of just putting out what's fair in the media, in the media that they produce. And the Washington Times piece from yesterday says that a hospital system of UK's National Health Service has adopted terms like, quote, chest feeding, end quote, and human milk during perinatal services in order to be more inclusive of trans and non-binary quote, birthing people. Now, of course, you could have called them parents, but they don't want to call them parents. And of course, you can never call them mom or dad because they want dad to be able to breastfeed. Oh, hold on. Call the censors. Put a disclaimer on me. The chest feeders, chest feeders, birthing people and chest feeding. And here's a quote from one of the um, hospitals statements. They said, our approach has been carefully considered to be inclusive of trans and non-binary birthing people without excluding the language of women or motherhood, the Brighton and Sussex University Hospital said in a tweet. Now, the National Health Service Trust linked to a document on its website that lists new terms such as chest feeding, human milk, and chest milk as suitable gender-neutral replacements for birthing parents who don't identify as women. Wow! Now, listen, some might say, well, there's a patriarchal, patriarchal, I said that wrong, didn't I? And uh, ageist, whatever, ist and phobe and whatever, right? Because I, I guess the fact that I think that 
in my lifetime, if you're a man and you're born with male genitalia and you believe in your heart of hearts and your mind that you are a woman, that's on you. But that the entire world needs to conform with this whole notion and change our vernacular and add words to the lexicon just to accommodate this small group of people that is, for many in the majority, quite confusing, is very bizarre to me that I should take away the right of a female woman born as a girl to have a child and be called an expecting mother. I should not be wrong for saying an expecting mother is breastfeeding her child or nursing her child. But somehow in the UK, they want to be more inclusive. So now you are birthing people. You're not parents. You're not expectant moms. I think this is a slap in the face. To If I was a woman, I'd be like, excuse me, who are you? Now, mind you, I am a minority, so be careful what you say to me, okay? I am brown, in case you haven't noticed. And if I'm not addressed as brown, well, then how dare you? Now, imagine somebody saying to me, and I've heard this. I've heard people say, oh, Rich Valdez, you're a real sellout. You're a real sellout because in order to be on the white man's talk radio, you've decided to sell out. And I think, I won't argue that it's the white man's talk radio because I look around and there are no other conservative brown voices in broadcasting, at least not in New York. On the national level, I can't think of many. I got my buddy Chris Salcedo in uh, Texas, Bill Martinez. I forget where he's out of. I think he might be out of Texas, too. But in New York City, conservative, Boricua, Puerto Rican broadcaster? Wow. Now, do you think that's why I get the job? Is that why uh, sponsors sign on? Is that why people listen to the program? Because I'm Hispanic? If that's the case, I leave today and tomorrow we bring in another Hispanic. Does it work? I'd venture to say maybe not. I think my experiences are unique. I think the way I present the program is unique. I think I bring something to the table. And I think it's that unique experience and package that I bring to the table that is really what works. It's the way I explain things. Otherwise, people wouldn't care. People aren't, they may be happy. Other Hispanics may say, you know what? I appreciate what you do. And I hear your voice because in many ways, some of your anecdotal storytelling resonates with me. Just like when the great one, Mark Levin, tells a story and he says, man, oh, Manischewitz, you know, the Jewish brethren that are listening. Oh, Manischewitz, we had that with the gefilte fish at, during Passover. OK, not wrong with that. Oh, when Curtis Lewa brings up his grandfather, Fidelo Bianchino, it's Curtis Lewa, when he talks about the Medaglia d'Oro coffee. All the Italians know that they all have an old grandpa that likes the espresso in the little tiny cup. Everybody gets it. Culture and history are part of who we are. But the minute we start isolating that, rejecting it, ostracizing the fact that I'm a brown man, I'm not a birthing person, I'm a dad, that's real. And that is, to me, the big problem with the culture war. They're trying to erase so many lines to bunch people up in one group versus another. You're either with the birthing people or you're against the birthing people. There's no in-between where you can say, hey, let the birthing people be. I'm still a dad. That's still my wife. Those are my children, and we are parents. That's not allowed because it's their way or the highway. It's utterly a real fascistic approach, and it's sad because it's becoming more and more acceptable as they demonize big figures like Donald Trump. And it's like, you know what? We can have this entirely bogus impeachment, which we're going to get into, and we're going to talk about immigration too in the next segment. But you can have this whole bogus ceremony because – People might say, you're probably right. It's probably wrong. It's probably unconstitutional. It's probably even not even legal. But it's Trump we're talking about. And hey, all bets are off when you're talking about Donaldus Magnus, el Trumpito, el presidente, the 45th president of these United States. And that's the part that's wrong. The minute that we keep crossing the line 
and going from one thing to the next, we've lost. We've totally lost. This is why yesterday when we talked about Mark Cuban, and I just briefly touched upon it because it was a developing story, but afterwards the NBA came in and said, no, we're going to play the national anthem everywhere. Thank God, because they happen to be the National Basketball Association, so it's okay, I would hope, to play the national anthem at the NBA events. But maybe I'm wrong. That's me being too traditionalist and me being... uh uh, insensitive to those that want to hate America, right? I should, I should bend over backwards for everybody that wants to hate America. Now, part of the issue with Cuban kind of fading this stuff away was raised on television news and quote, it was found to be interesting. So I want you to hear this piece, a uh, very quick piece about Cuban and the national anthem from Dacopil. Check this out. If you watch a Dallas Mavericks home game this season, you will not hear the Star-Spangled Banner. Team owner Mark Cuban has decided the anthem will not be played before the Mavericks home game. The NBA says teams are permitted to run their pregame operations as they see fit. Cuban has supported those who want to kneel during the national anthem to highlight racial injustice. Dallas is believed to be the only NBA team that has abandoned the anthem at the home games. And Mark Cuban says he made this decision back in November. He has no further comment at this time. I hope that changes because we'd love to talk to him about that. Super interesting. Sending quite a yeah. message, though. I'd quite like a to hear more. Me too. Oh, yes. Very super interesting. <laughs> yeah. Birthing people. <laughs> Let's get rid of the national anthem. Super interesting. Wow. Listen, uh, that was, I mean, let me tell you, that is expert analysis. Those guys would do so well in talk radio. Gail King, Doc Pill, the rest of them. Uh, it would be super interesting. The... Uh, Depth and breadth of their analysis is just astounding. Great opinions, super interesting. Now, I look at that and I say, okay, they're giving him a pass. Nobody's outraged. Because, again, it seems to be that there are people that are independent. There are people that have free thought. There are people that make up their own mind and say, you know, and I love those people. I, I meet a lot of them here at Talk Radio 77 WABC. I meet them in the city. I'm a guy that rides the subway every day at least five days a week, I meet people. And the people that I meet, they say things. You know, I've told you on this program before about the coffee cart on the corner, a guy named David from our old studio by Madison Square Garden. And he said, you can talk about the politics all you like, the politics, but don't talk bad about this country. It's a great country. It saved my mother's life. We don't have universal health care. But somehow he went to Memorial Sloan Kettering and got world-renowned cancer treatment for his mother who was ill, who had just come from Afghanistan. And he's eternally grateful to this country, to that hospital, to capitalism, because he realizes that it's, it's in a capitalist system where you can do those things. You can say to the guy who has a coffee cart on the corner, hey, your mom is sick. Well, you know what? We've had Ruth Bader Ginsburg here. We've had the great John Batchelor here. We've had all these huge stars and treated them successfully for cancer. So you know what? We can treat your mom too, and we can do it on the arm because we've made enough money with the people that have money, with the insurance companies that are willing to pay out. So we can do this. Unlike the UK health system, where they're focused on birthing people, here you've got doctors that really care about their patients. Yes, I just indicted some doctors in the UK, because I know it's true. I know that it's true in Canada that people are escaping Canada straight through Michigan. I've talked to these people to, when they have a heart issue, because they go to the doctor, and when they go to their national health service in Canada, or whatever it's called there, I need my heart fixed. They say, we can't do that. You have to wait six months for a cardiologist. We don't have that many specialists. Why don't they have those specialists? Because they don't make any money. They work for the government. You bring them here to America, it's a free market. Guess what? You get the best of everything because competition helps. But none of this stuff stops. Jen Pasirko back Pasaki from 
Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Weighing in, giving her two cents on behalf of President Joe El Baboso Biden on why the national anthem should be played or shouldn't be played. She basically comes in at saying a whole lot of nothing. Check this out. What does President Biden think about the Dallas Mavericks owner, Mark Cuban, uh, deciding to indefinitely stop playing the national anthem before his National Basketball Association games? Well, I, I haven't spoken with the president about the decision by Mark Cuban on the Dallas Mavericks, uh, or the, I should say the national anthem, but I know he's incredibly proud to be an American and has great respect for the anthem and all that it represents, especially for our men and women serving in uniform around the world. He'd also say uh, that, of course, that part of, the, of pride in our country means recognizing moments where we as a country haven't lived up to our highest ideals, which is uh, often uh, and at times what people are uh, speaking to. To, um, uh, when they take action at sporting events. Uh, and it means respecting the right of people granted to them in the Constitution to peacefully protest. That's why he ran for president in the first place, um, and uh, that's what he's focused on doing. I am peacefully protesting radical leftism right here on this microphone with all of you that are listening. And again, thank you for listening, by the way. Uh, our numbers continue to uh, maintain in that top 200 spot, sometimes dipping in and out. And that's because either I'm not promoting it enough or you guys aren't listening to enough episodes. So make sure you binge listen to This is America with Rich Valdez on the podcast and check everything out at WABCradio.com. But Jen Psaki basically does the old switcheroo. Let me uh, go on offense and put it on you. And that's what politicians do. They say, what do you think about the Dallas Mavericks? You know, basically putting a question to the president of the United States by way of his press secretary to say, hey, what are your thoughts about not playing the national anthem? Thinking they're going to say, well, you know, America's great. We should play the national anthem, blah, blah, blah. No, it's more like, well, America hasn't lived up to its best times. And because of that, we uh, we observe that people are taking a knee and and stopping to play the national anthem. What's next? Are we going to stop waving the flag and hanging the flag? Keep it locked right there because up next we're going to talk about impeachment and eviction. Are people getting evicted from other countries? Are they kicking out Hondurans from Honduras that they're coming to the United States? President Biden might now be saying hold up, but what was he saying during the campaign? And is it true that neighbors are trying to kick Trump out of Mar-a-Lago? Keep it locked right there. I'm Rich Valdez. This is America. He's making podcasting great again. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, welcome back. What's up, America? It's still me, Rich Valdez, and I'm here with you all, and I appreciate your feedback. Keep it coming with the reviews on social media, with the reviews on the Apple Podcast or whatever podcast app. I appreciate your feedback on each particular episode. Hearing what you have to say really means a lot to me, and if you have thoughts that you want me to share online, uh, on the air, let me know in those comments. We're talking about evictions. Forget about impeachment. I'm going to get into some impeachment stuff, too. But will Trump be evicted from his Palm Beach home? Some of his neighbors contend that former President Trump can't legally live on his own property. Now, since President Trump left the White House on January 20th, he um, is 
you know, he's battling impeachment, blah, 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 blah. And the question becomes, will he be eligible to run for president in 2024? Now, Democrats continually acknowledge that, no, we don't want to face him again. They've realized that Trump is a force to be reckoned with. They look at Trump as somehow the ambassador of every toothless redneck that they hate. That's how they think of us. I mean, what was it that Hillary Clinton called us? Uh, Walmart, stinky Walmart deplorables that cling to their Bibles and guns is how President Obama put it. I happen to be one of those. I shop at Walmart. I like guns. I use cologne. But they probably think I'm stinky. Maybe because I'm brown and I smell like pernil, roast pork, and arroz con habichuela, rice and beans. I don't know. I'm not going to put words in their mouth. But I am going to say there's a disdain towards a particular segment of the population that believes in America, that believes in the founding of our country, that respects the Constitution and respects the fact that because of religious liberty, not wanting to worship to the Anglican Church the way that King George prescribed, not wanting to pay taxes without representation. That group of people that's still alive today, myself, my family, and so many others that believe in America, that believe in free speech, we believe in liberty, libertad. We are the bad guys. Today, we're the bad guys. And why? Because you've got professors, both in law schools, in colleges, in universities, in grammar schools, high schools. They have been trained to teach one perspective as truth, which is the, the left-wing perspective. And then they'll say, and then there's, you know, radicals like Rush Limbaugh. And then, you know, they try to ostracize an entire group of people. Now, most people that know me personally and well would say that I am, while conservative, level-headed. But people who don't know me will say, oh, that guy, you can't change his mind. And they're probably right. Being headstrong is not a bad thing. I'm not going to compromise on my values. I use a Christian worldview. That's one of my things. Some people may want to use the Quran as the basis of their worldview. Some may want to use the Talmud. God bless them all. This is America. Losing tolerance for other people's beliefs. Look, I don't appreciate Satanists and devil worshipers, uh, the Wiccans, but I don't, you know, rail against them because they're not a part of my life. And that's the point. But some people don't care. Trump owns this huge resort, Mar-a-Lago, which in English, Mar-a-Lago, in Spanish, Mar-a-Lago, which means ocean to lake. And what I find interesting is these people want to try and evict Trump. Officials in Palm Beach, Florida, are reviewing whether he is allowed to live on his own property there. It's a private 126-room Mar-a-Lago club, and it has an owner's residence that's specifically for him. Now, Business Insider reports some of his neighbors contend that Trump can't legally live on his own property. They claim that because it's a members-only club, permanent residency is banned. So it's for snowbirds and people who want to live there for part of the year. Trump's lawyers have been arguing that there's always been an owner's residence at the club, and Trump has every right to use it. So the question is, will Donald Trump be booted from living at Mar-a-Lago? Completing the, uh, or I should say adding insult to injury, is that they're trying to boot him out of the presidency, and he's already out. So you've got Trump getting potentially evicted from Mar-a-Lago. Mind you, he has two other homes in Palm Beach. So clearly he can live half in one and half in the other. This is a nonsensical thing, but they want to do it. And this is how they do it each and every time. Why? Because that's what they do. And you think they think about evicting immigrants, illegal immigrants and border crossers? No, they don't think about that. Illegal border crossings, criminal aliens, waving DWIs, saying, oh, listen, if you come, you know, I could guarantee you if I went to Mexico, and I'm not saying Mexico is an offender. I'm just saying I, I happen to like Mexico. And if I went to Cancun, got drunk as a skunk, drove around, crashed a car, 
I would bet you everything that they're going to keep me in jail until I'm sober, and then they're going to say, you've got to go back to your own country, pal. You're done here. I bet you anything. But yet, someone can come here, drive around, get into Lord knows what kind of accident, and we're going to say the president of the United States, Joe El Baboso Biden, is going to come to their defense and say, you know what? You can stay. And minor aggravated assault, sexual assault, we're, we're going to take a look at those two. You, you can stay too. Because somehow it's okay to remain in the country. But yet they want to impeach President Trump. And, and on top of that, they want to evict him. So I want you to listen to the arguments that are made. Because when it comes to impeachment, they're making all these different arguments. And I would say, who is it that is the judge in this trial for impeachment? Now, of course, I know all of you guys are smart and know the answer. You know that there is no real judge. There's a presiding officer who is constitutionally mandated to be the chief justice of the United States, who presides over the Supreme Court. In this case, it's John Roberts. But like Democrats like to do, they like to find creative license with the Constitution, and they did. So with this creative license in the Constitution, they've decided they were going to put in a senator who's on the record saying he doesn't like Trump and blah, 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 thinks he's guilty, etc. Not quite an impartial juror, but anyway. They say he's out. So we have a trial without a judge. Now, how many hearings, pre-trial hearings, did we have for this quote-unquote trial? Zero. Nada. Not a single one. So I find it very interesting that all of that is happening. You've got Democrat after Democrat after Democrat calling for impeachment, yet they knew well in advance that this riot was coming and did nothing about it. Mark Meadows was on Fox News talking about it, and I want you to hear what he had to say. Check this out. But we also know this. Help was offered multiple times, not just in January, but throughout the summer with the D.C. mayor saying that the president stood by willing to offer a National Guard assistance, other assistance. And often, in fact, every time was rebuked and said, no, we can go it alone. And so they, they do need to get to the bottom of it. And hopefully we'll, we'll see that in the very near future. So we'll see that in the near future. And he's talking about the trial, bringing it out as more and more of uh, the Trump legal team puts the information out there. But that's not stopping people in the media. And I'm not talking about Jen Circleback Pasaki. No, I'm talking about Mika from Joe and Mika on MSNBC. She says that, you know what, you can no longer be a patriot if you don't support the impeachment, this unconstitutional, illegal, anti-American impeachment of Donald Trump. They came because of Trump, and everybody knows it. Move on, they say. Everybody knows Give them a mulligan, why these people were there desecrating the people's house, ruining things, hurting people, murdering people, maiming people, and using the American flag as a weapon. They were doing it for Trump. And the frustrating thing here is that this has to be explained explicitly to Republicans and they turn away. They can't make this math themselves. Yeah, it's not stupidity. I'm sorry. It's something way worse. This is evil. If you can't see what happened here, look in the mirror because there's a big problem with your moral core and you're not a patriot if you can't see what happened here and stand on the right side of history. Standing on the right side of history. You know, Part of that is something I think is uh, just nonsense, part of it. I mean, some of it I think it has value. Like, you do want to stand on the right side of history. But what is the right side of history here? 
in my opinion, the right side of history is going to be, you know what? We want to honor our country. We want, we want to honor the Constitution. We, even if you take exception to what the president did and you say, you know, I, there's, I have colleagues here that say he should not have had his right to free speech. He shouldn't have had a rally. I, to that, I say, oh, come on, get out of here. The president shouldn't have had a rally. Of course, it wasn't a stop the steal rally. It was a save America rally. So I think the president was within his rights. We're not going to cancel free speech because we don't like Donald Trump. But that's not going to stop people like Don Lemon. Don Lemon says, no, no, no. You know what? Not only is Trump bad, but you're also bad and you don't like the cops if you're a Trump supporter because they hurt the cops. And in this one incident, and again, if some of these people were Trump supporters, others were paid agitators or whoever they were. I mean, you could see the videos. They're all over YouTube and Rumble. And by the way, check out my Rumble channel. Got some good stuff up there. But if you've seen these videos, you know that this was a concerted effort. The FBI themselves have said this thing was planned and well in advance. They had pipe bombs out there the night before. Yet Don Lemon says that Trump supporters are somehow anti-police. Meanwhile, he's the guy that supports the people that say FTP defund the police. So what do we do? I say forget about this phony impeachment. Focus on how we get things done. Focus on how we win. What do we do? So many people make excuses about their age, about their children, about their income level, their education level. So when I say, listen, go to law school, become a lawyer, get into Congress, get a job in the government, become a professor, become a classroom teacher. We have to get inside of the same institutions that they got inside. That's how they've gotten total hegemonic control. One idea, one side of the story all the time. There's only one way to fight that. And it's by giving them the other side of the story, getting into the universities, open your own university. There's a couple out there. There's Hillsdale College. There's Regent University. There's a few good schools out there that are standing up for what they believe in. This isn't a spectator sport anymore. We can't sit here and say, but the Republicans aren't doing anything. The Republicans don't exist. They don't have your interest at heart anymore. This is about we, the people versus them, the politicians. And in order for us to win, we have to fight. Yes, I said it, fight like hell not violently, but we have to play the same game and start to gain back our market share. And a lot of people aren't going to like it, but you know what? I say too bad because that's why talk radio has succeeded because people believe in logic. Not everyone is a hyper emotional bleeding heart. We can get through to people, but we have to be in it to win it. You got to be in the ring to even have a fight. We have to do more. We have to get involved. That's the bottom line. And that's why I say if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for anything. And the only thing necessary for evil to triumph is for good people like you to sit back and do nothing. Get up and do something. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, America. I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade.